Hello. Welcome to Hysterical History, a history podcast with Haley and Alexis. Yep. Thanks for all the support. <laughs> I support you. Oh, man. I support you. You can tell because I told you. Mm-hmm. That's how you know. I support you. Words speak louder than actions. Yep. <laughs> every time. <laughs> I sent a letter. I'm like, good job. <laughs> Especially in history. Words speak louder than actions every single time. Every time. If you just write a letter and you say sorry, then people are way more into that than if you don't portray them in the first place. I mean, that's kind of true. No. Well, if it's after the fact and they don't have any physical evidence except for the letter, the letter, hey. the letter matters. That's true. Um, so today, Haley. Today, a different day. We're going to talk about two of my favorite things. The French. Yes. And puppies. No. The color purple. Well, no, there are puppies. (laughs) (laughs) No. You just wanted to say no. (laughs) No, I I forgot. There are puppies. Um, no, there are puppies. The color purple. I don't think so. So three of my favorite things. Wow. So Uh the French puppies, not purple, something else. Uh, taxis, crazy taxis. There are taxis, but Rush. that's not what I'm talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> what if? What if it did? What's my favorite sporting event? Um, bicycles. Cycling. <laughs> uh, yes, but more broad. French bicycles. No. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. less broad. Belgian bicycles. The Olympics. Oh, yes. The Olympics. <laughs> Uh, I support you. Yes, you clearly do. And you know me very well. Honestly, all the things you listed, I do uh, like a lot. Yeah. So you did a good job. And some of them were included and I didn't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> what? Rush is in there. Getty. <laughs> How did he get there? How did he go back hundreds into the, of years? Into the past. Yeah, well, not a hundred, or 70 some years. Um, Rush is that good. So, I love the Olympics mm-hmm. more than almost everything. Yeah. It's the only time every few years when I'm very patriotic. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I hate everyone else, <laughs> and America's all that matters. It's great. And I have a yeah. very strict, uh, I've told you this before probably, I have a very strict rooting order as far as who I want to win medals at the Olympics. Let's hear it. Uh, America. America. Canada. Canada. France. Uh, and then any country France. that doesn't normally win medals. Yeah, a little under that. Got to root for the underdogs. Underdogs. Yeah, one one year, um, I, I think it was at the London Olympics. Um, oh, I just forgot his name. Go Botswana. Hold on. Go Ecuador. What do you think? Oh, I can't remember his name. He was a, he's a writer from, uh, a, a cyclist from uh, Uzbek, Uzbekistan. Mm-hmm. And I, or no, maybe, no, sorry, he's from Kazakhstan. Um, and that was the first time I'd heard the Kazakhstani national anthem. Oh. And I was like, he's from Kazakhstan? He's very white. It's like the first time anyone's heard he's it. He's definitely from northern Kazakhstan. <laughs> but I was like, good job! I can't remember his name, though. I'll have good to look job. it up. Hi, listeners. Editor Alexis here. The name I'm trying to think of of the cyclist is Alexander Vinokurov. I said I would look it up. Uh, but when I was editing, I just remembered and then was frustrated with podcasting Alexis, who seemingly can't remember. Uh, so there you go. 
Alexander Vinokurov, and he's from Kazakhstan. But I was really proud of him because I knew him from the tour, so I was proud. I was like, oh. This is exciting because this is not the first Olympics episode we've done. It isn't. And I'm so... I'm so jazzed to hear, like, other ways the Olympics have been just weird. Yeah. This one is, I was going in a specific direction. I actually started researching, I think, the 1908 Olympics in London Mm -hmm. first, because I heard that was funny. But then when I started, like, Googling things about it, it started bringing me stuff up about the 1900s Olympics in Paris. Okay. Um, And so then I diverted because I was like, this is way funnier because it's way more interesting. (laughs) Sorry, London. Sorry. Maybe later. And it was going to be really similar to yours because it was specifically about the London Marathon. The early Olympics have really bad problems with the marathons. Yeah. uh, Including this one. I will talk about it briefly. It's bad. But, yeah. So. It's like they only realized the way to make white people run long distances like recently in the last like 10 years <laughs> or so. No, it's, it's funny because it makes me realize I didn't understand how much um, thought and planning goes into planning a race, mm. a foot race. Yeah. Because that doesn't seem very hard. But it is. It clearly is very difficult to right. do. It reminds me of um, in the office when they do their Oh, their, their rabies um, pro-am, run. Yeah, rabies fun run for the cure. <laughs> and um, they, uh, Michael doesn't make it a circle. Like, he doesn't make it a loop. He right. just makes it a straight line <laughs> just distance. Just a line. And they end up in the middle of nowhere. So they're like, yeah, they're five, uh, like, kilometers away from their office. So they have to walk back still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I love it, too, because they do the thing that the, uh, I'm sure people have done this during the marathon, but that they've done in the Tour de France before, where some of the guys get in a taxi, and they just go somewhere else. Right, of course. And then they drive to the end, and they're like, we're here. Oh, we did it. Yeah. Yeah, like they stop and, like, have a coffee. Yeah, they have, like, lunch. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. But anyway, so the, the Olympics, I'm, like, obsessed with them. I love them so much. Um, I'm really excited for us to, like, move into our new place so that we can have TV again mm-hmm. so I can record all the Olympics when they happen. Yes. Because I will watch hours of cross-country skiing. I don't care. People are like, that's boring. And I'm like, you're boring. <laughs> Look at how hard they're trying. Because I don't... Uh, it's see, such a fun quirk of yours. I think the problem with Americans about, um, like, long-distance race sports is they're not factoring in just how hard it is what the people are doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so impressed that, like, humans are able to do this thing Mm -hmm. that, like, that's what's interesting to me. Sure. Like, that's why, like, the Tour de France I don't think is really popular in America or, like, like, cycling in general. Mm -hmm. I think it's because they're thinking too much about, like, they want something exciting to happen instead of, like, wow, that's really hard. Right. To, like, cycle, like, you know like, hundreds of miles every day for, like, a month mm-hmm. straight. Right. Like, how are they not dying? It It's a weird... They make it look so easy. ...cultural thing, too, because cycling is not a big thing over here on the West Coast, but in, right. in the Midwest, like, there's a lot of cycle stuff. It's. I think it's more popular over here than maybe you think it is, but it's not to the same level, I'm sure, as in the Midwest. Right. And it's just not... I, th- I think it's less popular in our country in general because it's so big. Mm-hmm. That it's just, like, it's not a convenient way of travel, and so, like, people just don't use bikes as much anymore. True. And so, it's just not... It's a country built on cars. Yeah. We do have great cyclists, though, who go to the Tour de France, and they do a great job. And to the the Velta de España, and to the Giro de Italia, all those things. Like, in Milwaukee, there were, like, 
whole restaurants that were just like cyclist themed. Oh, that's cool. So it was all because there's like a huge German Belgian oh, influence. Nice. Yeah. So it's like a big thing. That's cool. And people do like big big cycle races. Yeah, uh, yeah. like around the Capitol buildings, and everyone's cool. like into cycling. It's like, what is this? And I think it's just the that. Yeah. That culture, that nationality culture of oh, immigrants totally. yeah. is big there. Northern um, I don't know. Northern Europeans and like even yeah, even Germans also are really into bikes. Yeah. So that makes sense. Um We had a we had a cyclist, I wanna say it's TJ Van Garderen, but I'm not positive. Um but he was from uh Washington. He was from like Wenatchee or Tri Cities or something. Oh. It was weird. But he's in the Tour de France. Cool. And we were like, whoa. Um, look at you, uh, TJ. Good job. I think it was TJ. TJ I'll have to look it up. was some minister Van Garderen. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about cycling. Um, talking about the Olympics. The Olympics. So, the Olympics are amazing. And I want wars to be fought through the Olympics. They should be. That's why, I like... I think it'd be way more fun, and way yeah. less people would die, and it would be just better. <laughs> way less. Like... <laughs> Some people will still probably die, but way less. Way less. Uh, yeah. It'd be more fun. And you can, like, fun. sell tickets so you, like, make money from it. It'd be awesome. Because right. war just wastes money. You can make money from your you know, international right. conflicts. War is extremely expensive. Right. And, and just, it, like, the attacking country gets to pick the sport. Yeah. Um, but they have to pick a sport that the other country does. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not like Switzerland attacks... Namibia, and they're like, we're going to do ski jumping. It's like, no, that's not fair. That's not fair. Like a, di- like a third-party country should be able yes, to pick. They have a to, neutral party. Yeah, they'll pick a sport that they think they're equally skilled at, and mm-hmm. then whoever wins the, the game wins, and they get whatever they wanted. Right. Way easier. It's fun because it, like, it makes it okay to be patriotic without being like a, yeah, a jingoist. Right. And okay to be excited about like sports without being like violent. Because some people are intensely <laughs> violent about sports all around the world. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Anyway. So the Olympics, you know, are uh, ancient games mm-hmm. that used to happen in Greece. And then they stopped happening because Greece kind of stopped happening for yeah. a while. Greece like just stopped happening. <laughs> people took it over and they were like, you know what, we don't have time for Olympics. Yeah. So, the only time you have yeah. time for like to play games in the ancient times is when you're prosperous and mm-hmm. you're in charge. So once you're not in charge, no one wants to play your dumb games anymore. Right. You're just trying to survive. And like the Romans kind of do it, but it's more like uh, it's like when people who clearly have nothing to do with a culture like do. It's like when Americans do Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Like white Americans. Yeah, white Americans. Um, yeah. It's like, you have no idea what you're doing. You're just doing it because, like, it's fun and you sure. get to, like, be festive about something. Yeah, yeah. That you're, like, related to, but it's not actually yours. It's not culture. yours. Yeah, you're just borrowing. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, everything Roman, like, in ancient Rome is Greek, kind of. Right. <laughs> it's, like, Greek-flavored, mm-hmm. but it's their own thing. Yeah. They're real into that culture theft. So, like, ro- like, Roman emperors will travel to Greece and be like, do an Olympic for me. They're like, uh, okay, no. sure. Ugh. And then they like, but do do a, a thing that I'll be good at, like poetry. Mm-hmm. Stupid. What? I mean, of course. <laughs> Whatever you want. But so they resurrect the games. They're back. In 18... <laughs> They're back. They're back. <laughs> um, in 1896. And they do the first one where, Haley? Athens. Yeah. Because bring it back to where it started, You gotta, gotta bring it around. Because then people are interested in it, right? Because they're like, oh, it's like the ancient games, but Mm -hmm. modern times, and it's going to be fun. We're better athletes, just like in general, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
Um, and then they all got naked and oiled up, and they wrestled around on the ground just no. like they used to. No. No? It's uh. a more conservative time now. We don't do that. <laughs> it's a worse time, a dark time. <laughs> dark timeline. But anyway, um, they... I just want to see if we're getting any feedback from outside. We're not. Because of this beautiful egg. It mm. protects the sound. Our, our beautiful dark egg. We've got the window open, and there's a helicopter, so I was trying to make sure it wasn't too loud. But... The egg protects us all. Thank you, the egg. <laughs> all hail the mighty glow egg. All hail the mighty glow egg. <laughs> um, but Praise so, the dark one. The Olympics come back, and everybody's like, cool, excited. However, the um, transportation in the late 1800s and early <laughs> 1900s isn't, like, awesome. It's not like today. So it's not... L- Quite as international as it is now. <laughs> no. Isn't it like four countries? No, like there's more countries. than that, but it's not a lot. It's like no one. It's not a lot. And so the the games in Athens go quite well. And so the next, uh, so four years later, they have the games in Paris, right? Because Paris seems like a really obvious choice. It's a really big center. It's in Europe, so like almost mm-hmm. all European nations would be able to go really easily. It's hip. It's um, happening. It's on the coast, so lots of coastal nations would be able to get there really easily. And um, they're like, especially at this time, they're like very um, popular internationally for like tourism. They're starting to get really popular for tourism. And um, yeah, people are just way into France right now. Yeah. And so they're like, of course, it will be in France next. Naturally. And so that's what happens in 1900. However, um, it doesn't go well. What, I'm do, you, what do you mean? for you. <laughs> uh, I have a quote here that says, in fact, the 1900 Olympics, which are in Paris, and the 1904 Games, which are in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which was our other episode. Yeah. Uh, almost caused the downfall of the modern Olympic (laughs) movement, and it took the interim games of 1906 held in Athens and the London games of 1908 to get them back on track. Yeah, uh, Paris and St. Louis kind of effed it up. Yeah, so there are a couple games, and then they're like, let's go to Paris, and then it's really bad, and then they're like, let's go to St. Louis, and it's almost as bad, if not worse. And so then they're like, maybe we don't do the Olympics anymore. (laughs) This is clearly... (laughs) Clearly a terrible idea. That's how bad it was. They almost canceled the Olympics entirely. Forever. Again. Again. For another couple thousand years. For another few millennia. They're like, we were not ready. Um, I also want to let you know these games were, but are not now, recognized by the IOC. The International Olympic Committee. Do it. They used to recognize these games. They do not anymore. Tell me. (laughs) They're telling... So, they... Yeah, they used to be like, these are official, and now they're like... They call it like intramural sport thing like event (laughs) intramural sport thing (laughs) yeah instead of like an official olympics Mm -hmm. they try to pretend it wasn't even though it was so um and the person who saved the olympics so they did the olympics in 1896 but after that people were like maybe we should be done now not like that's it that we're just gonna do the one yeah and then um, Pierre de Coubertin, um, who's French, obviously, um, he was like, wait a minute, no, we shouldn't do that. Like, we, we shouldn't do it, we shouldn't cancel it, and we shouldn't do it just in Greece, we should do it lots of places, right? Because it's supposed to be like, we're all competing internationally. All right. And so um, a Frenchman is the one who saves the games. He does so it. They, yeah. Um, and so he says we should do it every four years in different countries so that, like, 
people can see all these different places and we can be like more united as a world yeah. and it's beautiful. That's such a nice idea. I know. Isn't and it? it's beautiful. And the Olympics are great. Mm-hmm. Like and now like I think he'd be really proud of that. Like he'd be really right. happy like with so many nations competing every year. Because people get to compete individually. Right. Because it's all so big now. Like when you yeah. look at how small they used to be. Like it isn't quite only four nations showing up but it's, right. it's much smaller. It's very low. 28 countries went to Paris. So that's not bad, not actually, bad. Um, for the time. But comparatively now to, like, 150 nations or something, <laughs> right. it's, like, it's nowhere close. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so he's like, no, I want to save it. I want the Olympics to be good. Pierre's all about it. And he's all about unifying the world and making it real cool. And so the people are like, okay, fine. And because of <laughs> that, they're say, they say we can do the next one in Paris because... Uh, because of him, and he made such a good bid for the Olympics in general, and I think also for Paris specifically. Right. Which is really sad for him, because it goes really badly. Yeah. And it makes him look like an idiot. Oh, uh, poor boy. And I feel very bad for yeah. him, because he's just a sweet boy trying to do a good thing. Because he's right, it's just yes. putting on the event is difficult. Right. And, um, unfortunately... Um, 1900 in Paris should also ring a bell to you because it's not only when they have the Olympics, it's also when they have the World's Fair. Right, because that's what they do with uh, St. Louis or St. Louis. I don't know. Mm -hmm. St. Louis. Um, they just kind of, like, move it with the fair for the first couple times. Yeah. So, like, I think Paris already was going to have the fair, and so that was another reason why they're like, well, a lot of people are already going to be there from other countries, so that makes it easy. Yeah. Right? They're already planning on going, so then they'll already be there, and they can just compete. Um, unfortunately, I think Paris is more interested in the World's Fair than Mm -hmm. they are in the Olympics, because the Olympics at this time isn't, like, a real thing. No. It's happened once. Yeah. Recently. Whereas the World's Fair has been hopping all around the world, and it's, like, really cool and, like, very prestigious. Right. people are way into it. Like, the World's Fair is more like the Olympics today. Yes. Way more. Yeah, and the World's Fair still exists now. It's just, like, boring and sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think Spokane had it in, like, the <laughs> 70s. So that tells you where we are with World's Fair. Yikes. Um, Spokane is the 99th largest city in America. Or it used to be. It might not be anymore. We tried to look it up. It's impossible to know. Do you know where Spokane is just off the top of your head, listeners? I'm hearing silence and crickets. Mm. Uh, it's Washington. Yeah. <laughs> Eastern Washington. <laughs> um, but anyway, so they put it... In Paris in 1900. However, the French government takes control of it immediately, so the (laughs) IOC is not really in charge of it anymore. Um, They form a new committee that takes over for the IOC to oversee the sporting events. Um, And uh, de Coubertin um, ends up playing a minor administrative role, even though he's the one who got them the games and knows the most about them, and he's the whole reason it's there. They bench him. Basically. Let him play, coach. Um, Let him play. So a lot of people who are competing are amateurs, right? Yes. Which is true for the uh, Olympics generally. You're not allowed to be professional usually in, like, in, well, it's, I guess it's in specific sports now. Like, you can't be a professional basketball player. I okay. don't think they won't let you be in the Olympics. Or they didn't used to. They might have changed it. I feel like they, but I, I guess they did, it depends it on, recent. I guess it depends on when they changed it. Because, yeah, I know, like, 
hockey, they let professionals do it. Right. Um, I remember they weren't letting basketball players do it, but they might let them do it now. But and I don't think they were doing it for um, soccer either. They weren't letting mm. professional soccer players, which is fair because they're playing like all the time. Right. Right. Like that's like it's, they they wouldn't want to. It's different than like figure skating because they're not. <laughs> it's not the same mm-hmm. level, and not everybody has professional soccer teams and professional. And especially professional basketball teams, because that's the one I remember the most of. Right, Because right. most people don't play basketball, but it's in almost all the Olympics. Yeah. So it's like, we're going to destroy them. If we, <laughs> let, if we let people from yeah. the NBA, an yeah. all-star NBA team compete in the Olympics, they're, everyone's doomed. It's going to be so boring. Anyway, um, so this time, mostly it's amateurs competing. And this is the first Olympics when women can compete. Oh, Hooray! That's, that's exciting. Equality. Yeah. Because it, it goes so bad. So <laughs> it's like, ugh. Oh, I'm, no, because then people are going to be like, oh, we let women do it. Now it's the women ruined it. Possibly. Is it that that thing? So I'm going to list to you some of the, the sports that they played, right? Um, these are uh, – oh, but I have to explain something real quick. So there's a difference between official sports mm-hmm. and um, what they call demonstration sports. So official sports are ones that get medals, and oh. demonstration sports people compete in, they might get medals, but a lot of times they're just, like, for show. I don't like the might. Like, you should or you should not. <laughs> I think it depends on the country and, like, when they're doing it. Um, but uh, they're not official medals at the very least because they're for a demonstration sport. Like pottery? Or... Um, we'll, we'll talk in a minute about <laughs> what the sports are. Uh-huh. Mostly I'm going to talk to you about either... Sports that the were first done in the 1900 Olympics that don't they don't do anymore. Some of which are official and some of which are demonstrative. I'm going to try to tell you which one's which, but I've read so much about so many sports I might not remember. Sure. So we'll see. Um, their regular sports they had like you know swimming and they had uh, cricket, of course. <laughs> they had tennis and shooting and rowing and golf and. Football and fencing, because, you know, France. France. Um, athletics. <laughs> nice you, and big. You know, stretching. Uh, it was also the first Olympics where they had Basque Pelota, but, or Poleta. It's spelled differently in different places. Nobody cares. It's like a racket sport mm. that you can use your hand. It's like handball, but sometimes the ball goes like 120 miles per hour, so don't use your hand. That's the worst name for a sport. <laughs> handball? Well, it's Basque Pelota. Is the name of the sport. Okay, but if it was called handball. It's not called handball. But handball is a sport. That's the worst name for a sport. <laughs> That's it. Handball. Handball. But anyway. Right, um, right after football. So this is mostly going to just be a list mm-hmm. of sports um, just for you to react to. There's a lot of whirring going on outside, but because of the black <laughs> egg, we are protected. Hail the dark one. All hail the mighty black egg. Mm, dark egg. <laughs> In case any of you thought my system was stupid for our recording, <laughs> joke's on you. You Ew. can't hear the whir of the thing outside. The dark egg protects us. <laughs> so the first event I will talk to you about is obstacle swimming. Ooh. Do they, like, throw alligators in there? <laughs> no. That's what I would have done. Um, That's what Australia does. So they're swimming in the Seine. No. In 1900. Mm, it's not as bad, but it's still bad. No, I think it's worse. Is it worse? Cause I they're think not, it's going to be worse. Because they're not, like, cleaning stuff up. Yeah. They're still using the river as, like, a sewer system. Yeah. Don't. That's so disgusting. Yeah. It's like putting people in the Thames. It's really it's like, gross. Yeah. It's mm, not good. You've been using it as your main sewer line for hundreds of years. Disgusting. Mm, don't. If anyone touches the bottom, they're going mm-hmm. to die. Yeah. No. 
There are three obstacles throughout the 200-meter course. Cancer. <laughs> the plague. The plague and rats. And rats. Swimming rats. <laughs> um, they're called ducks. They're ducks. <laughs> the rat ducks. So the competitors first have to swim to a pole and climb it. Oh. It took me a long time to figure out if they meant a horizontal or vertical pole. I believe they mean a vertical pole. I think they mean vertical. That that makes more sense with the, the verb climb. Uh-huh, because it says they have to climb up it, then slide down, which must be a vertical pole. It's kind of an Assassin's Creed situation. <laughs> or like a firefighting situation. Yeah. Um, then they have to get back in the water and c- swim and climb over a row of boats. Hmm. And then they have to swim under another row of boats. Hmm. And then they're done. And then you go to the hospital. Obstacle swimming. (laughs) Finished. (laughs) Then you go to the hospital. Uh, Fred Lane from Australia won his second championship of the 1900 Olympic swimming events. What did I just say about Australia? They do this. They know how to do it. This is true. They do this. This is how they train the Navy in Australia. I've seen videos of, uh, (laughs) like, just regular lap swimming pools, and they put, like, a crocodile in there. It's not I, a big one. It's a, like a small little baby one. It just kind of sits down at the bottom. Sure. Oh, after each of these, I want us to vote whether or not we think it should come back. I think obstacle swimming would be great in the Olympics. I think it'd be great not in the river. No. But like in a pool, I want to watch them climb a pole, jump off of it. Yeah. Crawl over some boxes or something. Yeah, that'd be know? great. I mean, they have like uh, like triathlons and water polo, and it seems like it would fit yeah. in kind of that aquatic Right, and they've got to go under some thing. stuff and over mm-hmm. some stuff. Yeah. They do like, they pull like a, a, a ninja warrior where they have to like lift up the gates and like get under them, but they're underwater. Right. So like it, it, they make them weigh more, but it feels like less because water right. seems more buoyant. But they'll be like a hundred pounds they have to lift and then like sneak under. Right. That'd be so cool. Lifting underwater ninja warrior. <laughs> Lifting stuff and swimming with it underwater is surprisingly difficult, especially if it's really heavy. That's true. I just mean they lift it up and then like tuck under. They oh don't sure. Have to carry. But if they have to like lift weights down there oh, and yeah. like move stuff around uh-huh. while holding their breath and like timed, that'd be yeah. pretty cool. It'd be a great time. I'm into it. Yeah. Bring it back, Olympics. Not in the sun. Uh, no. Um, golf. They're doing golf right now, I think. It's so hard to know because games go in and out of fashion a lot. Like, they had that whole thing recently where they were going to take wrestling out because they said it was too dangerous. (laughs) And then everyone got pissed off because, like, the only one that, like, is from the ancient Olympics. It's the oldest one. Right. And so so then everyone got mad, and then I think they kept it. I mean, just, like, change the rules so it's less violent, I guess. Sure. But you got But, I mean, they also have, like, boxing. So I was like, what? That's true. Right? <laughs> it seems weird. Explain. Explain. IOC, explain. Um, so, golf. Um, Margaret Ives Abbott was a student of art from Chicago. Whoa. I thought she was going to be English for sure. No. Margaret Ives. <laughs> She's um, a very English name. <laughs> She's pretty English. Um, but she played in and won a nine-hole golf tournament on an October um, Tuesday in Paris. Nice. She died in 1955 oh. um, without being aware that the tournament was part of the Olympics oh. and that she had become America's first ever female Olympic champion. Oh, no. They didn't award her? They didn't tell her that she won at all? So here's the thing. Um, some of the games, they gave them medals. Mm-hmm. Some of them, they gave them trophies. Some of them, they just gave them money. So... And some of them, they just... They didn't tell them what it was for. Yeah, I'm... (laughs) I'm thinking they just asked people, amateur golfers, if they just wanted to sign up, and then they were just like, what country are you from? 
And she thought that was just like a casual question. Yeah. And she's like, America. And I mean, like, great. I guess that makes sense because the World Fair's going on. Like, maybe it's a World Fair, like, fun, right. fun time. Exactly. So it's very confusing, which is why this woman didn't know her entire life that she was an Olympic How champion. How dare you people let her die without knowing? It's so mean. It's terrible. Um, uh, but she's America's first Olympic female champion. Cool. Great job. We're very proud of you. I'm, I'm so proud of you, Margaret Ives something something. <laughs> Yes, Abbott. I think we should have golf, jolf, mm-hmm. um, but it should be a winter sport. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That would be quite hard to find the green with the snow. Mm-hmm. And they don't change the color of the ball either. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> um, golf seems good for the Olympics. Lots of countries play golf. Like, it's not just American sport. It's really popular in Japan, which makes no sense because they have no space for golf. Um, and uh, in Scotland and stuff. So it's like other people play golf. Golf's good. Um, and golf isn't like, despite the fact that in those countries maybe, especially in America, it's mostly played by the riche. Um, yes. Playing golf doesn't actually cost that much money. Like to have the clubs and the ball, mm-hmm. it's going to the places where you play golf that costs money. So like even poor right. nations could play golf. Right. And they like, they make it expensive. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be. Like, people, you know, people are always surprised, I think, at how many people compete in running from Africa. And it's like, well, yeah, because it doesn't cost anything to run. Like, Mm -hmm. your supplies are so much cheaper, so it's easier and more accessible for countries that don't have a lot of money. Same with uh, soccer. All you need is a goalpost and a ball. And it's a very popular game over the whole world, so it makes sense. Anyway, uh, I just want to throw this in here because... uh, of our last example, um, there were 1,201 men and 23 women who competed in Olympic events, but many of the athletes were not aware that they were competing at the Olympics. <laughs> okay. So it's not just her. Uh, you Lots need, of people didn't know. Uh, you got to tell them. Yeah. So golf was an official event, so she officially won the medal for us. Obstacle swimming, I think, was official, too. Mm-hmm. Um, our next one is angling. Like fishing? fishing? Yeah. In the Seine. Mm. Uh, I don't. Your, that's your reaction. Mm. I don't know what they're fishing for, though. What did they catch? Fish. <laughs> I don't know what kind. There's there wasn't a lot of sort. Well, that's not. I shouldn't say that. This is actually the episode I have the most so- sources for mm-hmm. of any episode I've ever done. All the sources say the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't. They have all the same base source. <laughs> I don't like the idea of a sport where the outcome depends on luck. Uh, like, yeah, like an external luck factor. Yeah, it's not great. Um, also, they weren't really told, uh, the rules. <laughs> the rules? So, it was held, so there's four separate angling events. Were, were people, like, angling with dynamite? Hold on. <laughs> four separate angling events that were held in August in 1900. Also, all of this is happening in the very hot summer in Paris, so that's cool. Yeah. It's not, it's very hot. Um, but there's, they're fishing in the River Seine. Uh, 600 fishermen are fishing. Oh, my gosh. Um, 40 of whom were from five countries other than France. Oh, wow. So 560 of them are from <laughs> France. It's like none of the French people are like, I'm not going in there. Heavily weighted. No. Desert people. Well, no, 560 of them are French. Oh, okay. Fishing. I got it. Switch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, cool. 40, only, only 40 people aren't from France. Mm-hmm. And they're from five other countries. Uh, so it's still not like a huge spread of countries. Um, foreign teams, though, thought that they were supposed to catch the biggest fish. Sure. So they were catching a lot of fish and then throwing them back. Like, because that they were would, like, that yeah. one's not big. That would make sense to me. 
However, the goal was to catch the most fish. Mm. And uh, so the French teams won. Sure. Because <laughs> they knew the rules, apparently. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, I'm cool with fishing being an event, but uh, yeah, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. It's hard because there are nations that are landlocked, so perhaps not. Right. Um, equestrian high and long jump. Uh, okay. How high can the horse jump? How high can it go? And how far? I think this sure. was an official event. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm up for more horse um, events. People aren't, they don't like it because they think it's, um. It's like mean to the horse? Yeah, that it's going to cause abuse. Which oh. is fair. I guess. I mean, we do way more than that now with equestrian events. Oh, definitely. But. We make them do like 60 jumps. Well, yes, but it's like jumps that horses can easily do. Oh, I see. Where this is like trying to push them really far. I see. How high can you jump and how far? (laughs) It's not like the basketball of horses. Yeah. They're much more likely to hurt themselves in this event. Gotcha. So. um, There aren't like vets standing by with shotguns. No. Two competitors took first place on the podium in this event. Um, after geeing up their horses to leap 1.85 meters into the air and over a horizontal pole. Oh. That's quite high. That's pretty high. Um, Belgium's uh, Constant Van Langendonk. I love, I love, I love Belgium names. Yeah. He won gold um, in the uh, long jump. Uh, He did a 6.1 meter leap. Wow. Atop his horse named Extra Dry. <laughs> Extra. I'm assuming that's how he likes his martinis. Extra Dry. Um, I, I don't think we should have high and long horse jumping. <laughs> we have plenty of horse events. I think we're good. Don't push them. Uh, motor racing. That's no. the next one. Um, Not unless your legs are making the motor go. No. They have racing events for every kind of car, with separate events for cars, trucks, taxis, and even fire trucks. Fire trucks. <laughs> fire truck racing. I mean, that's pretty fun. Exciting. That is pretty fun. Uh, motorcycle racing was featured, uh, and it was these are unofficial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Motor racing is not allowed in the Olympics, because they want it to be your human body. Right. Your physical sport body. Yes. So, motor racing is not great. However... Our next event is motorboating. Ooh. That's what they called it in almost every article I could find. Motorboating. Motorboating. Motor yeah. Mm-hmm. The Olympic sport. Get out your laugh right now. <laughs> nope. I'm going to hold it in. I'm going to wait. Um, the course for motorboating. <laughs> you didn't wait very long. Uh, no. Was approximately eight nautical miles, and the competitors were required to do five laps, making a total of 40 nautical miles. Okay. Look at that math. Look at the math go. Uh, That should be the sport. One of the articles said, It was not a great spectator sport, as it was difficult to see the action from afar, and the speeds were very slow by today's standards, (laughs) an average of about 19 miles per hour. Oh, fun. Quite slow for the boats. Um, Competitors also uh, were... They had to cancel some of the events because of bad weather. Um, Six out of nine of them, exactly. Oh, wow. So most of them. Um, the only people who participated were French people. Mm-hmm. Like the people that had their boats there. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not into motorboats also, so that's out. You're not into motorboating? No. 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 Tug of war. I really want there to be tug of war now. Yeah, that'd be fun. Tug of war is great. And it's like, it's physical. Yeah. 
there's but it's, it's like strategical. It's strategical too. It's more. It's a team. You can do a team. Yeah. You could do individual. Individual. Maybe. Yeah. And you've got like your your big dude at the end who's like your anchor. Mm-hmm. You know. No, tug of war is awesome. Your big man at it's the so end. It's so simple. Everyone can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, any country. Right. Um, in tug of war in the 1900s, that's the first time they did it. I think it was an official event. Um, they did it a few times afterwards, and I think in the 20s they stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. So bring it back, IOC. What are you doing? I wonder why they It's so fun. got rid of it. I wish they had more, like, um, more Highland games yeah. in the Olympics. <laughs> like, push this log end over end, as far as you right, can down right. this place. <laughs> push the log. Pull, yeah, pull 20 logs behind you. There are a lot of logs in Highland Games. Um, a combined Swedish-Danish team beat France for gold in tug-of-war. Swedes and the Danes teamed up. The Danes are like, no way. There probably weren't enough Swedes or Danes <laughs> to make one team, so they combined and they beat the French. You aren't going to beat the Vikings. They came for you and they um, conquered. Our next sport is hot air ballooning. Mm, that's not a sport. That's it is sport. to the French. They invented it. <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, and let's see if we get in the air first. Yeah. It's hard. We invented it. I mean, it's the 1900s now. <laughs> so it's yeah. like from our last episode where I talked about hot air ballooning, it is like 120 years from then. So we're much better at it now. So it's not just like teams of men going up, getting frozen to death, and drinking a lot of wine. No. Mm-hmm. And having to throw cats out. No. <laughs> These are professional Throwing cats overboard. This is 61 men and three women, Haley, are competing in hot air ballooning. They are trying... The, the competition is based on distance, elevation, and duration of their time in the air, and also trying to land on targets, which I actually think is fun. It's fun. It's not Olympics. No. But it is fun. It is fun. And this was a demonstration sport. It was not official. Oh, sure. So, like, the French are just trying to show how cool they are at hot air balloons. Um, Of course, the French dominate this event because they dominate all of them because it's in France. Mm -hmm. Um, But it didn't land a permanent spot due to the ban of motorized sports, which is interesting just because... uh, I don't know. Classifying it as a motorized sport. Does it have a motor? I don't know. In the 1900s? I don't know. Because hmm. usually it's just like, or at least in the early ones, it's just like gas, like right. fire. So, I don't know. I think maybe like vehicles would have been a better word. Sure. Um, but anyway. Uh, On was, the other hand, vehicles also could include horses, and we include horses. Uh, yeah, and canoes and stuff, I guess. Because we do have boats, we just don't have motorized boats. Anyway, um, there were 18 events for this. Uh, 64 competitors, the aeronautical pioneer Henry de la, I don't know how to say his last name, V-A-U-L-X, Vaulx, uh, set two world records for distance and duration piloting a balloon. So good job! They've come a long way in a hundred and something years. Okay. Our new event is underwater swimming. Okay. Which I think was an official event, but they're swimming in the Seine, which Mm. is dark. Yeah. At this point, it's like a gray, brown, black color. It's not good. So you shouldn't be in it in general. You definitely shouldn't be underwater. Mm-mm. And, like, that's not a fun spectator sport don't, because you can't see them. Don't submerge. And so the goal for underwater swimming was you were supposed to go underwater and swim as far as you can. They'll give you, like, I think they gave them a time and then pop up. Okay. And whoever is, like, farthest 
wins, or whoever gets the like to the distance they want in the right amount of time, like earliest time wins. Okay. Which that Australian guy is the one who wins this too. Uh, Makes sense. Right. However, there was a problem because uh, the goal was to swim in a straight line, mm-hmm. and it's so dark <laughs> in the right. sun that there right. is a man who swims farther than the guy who wins, but he did it in like a circle because he got lost. And right. so he doesn't win, even though he swam like 20 more meters, I think, technically. Yeah. Sorry. I you could, gotta swim straight. I could see that being a sport now, just not in that way. Um, sure. Like, I mean, it kind of is. Uh, sort of. Like, they, they try to stay underwater as long as they can when they push off. Yeah, but you're not allowed to go, like, that far. Like, there is a point yeah. where you are DQ'd if you, you have to come out. If you yeah. are still underwater. Because you are much faster when you're underwater. Yes. As soon as you, like, breach, you know, into the air, right. you immediately lose speed. It would be interesting, yeah, if they had underwater swimming and they were like, you were allowed, like, this many breaths. Well, and like, I was thinking more like, um, like, you only get one breath. Okay. And you're and allowed. You see how straight far you can go. Or, like, even, like, you could just go back and forth, but, like, the amount, like, the amount of distance is taken into consideration. Oh, sure. And it's, like, as, as long as you can go on one breath. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm into it. Yeah. Maybe so, do it like three times with the one breath and then like your highest number is the one they use or they do your average or something. Sure. Anyway, that was um, Peter Lickeberg from Denmark was the one who swam in circles and then he got third <laughs> because of that instead of first. Yeah. Sorry. Um, boop, boop, boop. Okay. Our next demonstrative sport. Flower arranging. Poodle clipping. <laughs> That's not real. <laughs> That's not real. It's France. It's not what are the French like? Hot air balloons? Poodles? No. Oh, fencing? No. It can't be poodles. Pastries. It can't be poodles. Oh, yeah. God. It's not. That's not real. The rules of the unofficial event were simple. Shear the most poodle fur <laughs> in two hours. See, I don't like that. It should have been, like, the most decorative a giant crowd of 6,000 people oh watched my poodle shearing. <laughs> How many poodles did they shear? Um, 128 competitors gathered uh, in a park in West Paris for the event. The winner of the competitor was France's own 37-year-old Avril Le Foul, um, who clipped an impressive 17 poodles. 17 poodles. In two hours. That's pretty good. So you- Especially because I don't think they have a lot of, like, razors. Right, you know, and like, they're they're not like you know like battery powered. Yeah. See, I'm sad. I wanted them to be like fancy poodles. Yeah, you wanted to be like an art competition, like an art competition, right? Uh, because but then, art has no place in the Olympics. I know, but then I would get pictures of all the fancy Olympic poodles. Right, it would be cute. This should be a separate competition entirely. Poodles, poodle clipping, poodles. <laughs> anyway, clip, clip the babies. This is the only time they ever did that event. <laughs> As they should. It's terrible. What Our if, next event. What if every country like brought their animal? <laughs> yeah, and they had to shear that animal. Oh no, it's like, scary in some places. France brings a poodle. Like America comes and they have like a moose. Australia's got a koala. <laughs> it's like the worst thing. <laughs> scary. It's ever happened to anyone. India brings a tiger. Yeah, like a tiger. Yikes. Russia has to shear a whole bear. <laughs> a whole bear. A whole bear. Uh, our next event is kite flying. 
Mm, that's not a sport. Not unless you're on the kite. It's cute, though. <laughs> it is cute. It's very adorable. <laughs> um, competitors are judged on altitude, the highest held over the course of one hour, and duration, wherein the kite was required to stay in the air at a height of 200 meters for over two hours. Here's how we can make it a sport. One person is the handler, and on the kite is another person who has to maneuver and fly. If you get the right wings, you could maybe do it. No. If you're it, like maybe they have to make a field where they're they, you know, it's like one of those. You have to have like such a strong upwind, like gust. No. Um, the event is divided into small, medium, and large kite sizes. The smallest being flown mostly by children. Aww, so kids get to be in the that's Olympics. Cute. It's cute. Um, there's a famous anecdote that most of the, my sources said is probably untrue, but I'm going to believe because I don't have any reason not to. Believe. Uh, claimed that a strong gust of wind blew most competitors' kites into a tree. <laughs> that's cute. Just gone. They can't compete anymore. It's like, oh. Just one tree no. with all the cart kites. Yeah, in. right. It's, it's cute. It's adorable. I want to, like, draw it, even though I can't draw. Um, the report mentions the different competitions, like I said. Um, blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. The ranking was done by measuring the angle of the kite from the kite to the point attached with the horizontal, the bearing surface, the cable tension diameter, and appreciating the stability of the kite. What? <laughs> this is a real competition, Haley. There's a diameter. I mean, they're trying. We're taking it seriously. Did the poodles have a diameter? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Diameter. Our, I don't think kite kite flying should be a sport. No, in the Olympics, it's not. No. Our next sport, however, I mm-hmm. do think should be okay. Croquet. Uh, sure. Why not? It's just a mallet sport. It doesn't seem very athletic. Although I get if it's if, like golf, it's allowed in if golf if golf is allowed yeah. in. Yeah, it's like it's like short distance golf. Yeah, it's a precision game. It's like curling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if we're gonna do like shuffleboardy type precision games, we can do croquet. Yeah, you don't have to like really put your back into it to really smooth out the lawn for croquet, though. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I'm not trying to say people who are curling aren't doing anything, but like of the physical sports, <laughs> it's lower on the list. Yeah. Um, so only French people competed in croquet. Surprising. So they won all three medals. In my brain, it's more of an English thing. It is. It's, um, see, to me, I always felt like it was a French sport, but then when I looked it up, everybody said it was an English sport, and I was Mm. like, how strange. And I think... (laughs) It's like whoever, like, thinks it's the thing, it's actually the other thing. Yeah, and I was like, it's very bizarre, but, um, it is mostly an English sport, but apparently it just seems like a French sport. It's very, like, um, high-class, It's genteel. Yeah, Yeah. right. Well, I think in general, English and the French have much more in common than they have. And the word's also, the word's French. (laughs) That's the other thing. So I was like, is it not French? The word is French. Of course, it's English. It's English. Um, It was very poorly attended, the croquet match. No one wanted to. They supposedly had (laughs) one spectator. Oh, no. One guy. Someone's mom came. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, An Englishman who had traveled from Nice to watch. Oh, no. I don't think he went to watch specifically croquet. I think he went to watch the Olympics. And he just, like, happened to see it. He's just the one guy. This is weird. Which is why when you said someone's mom, I said no, because he's English and they're all French. (laughs) So, nope. I was like, oh, I used to play this when I was a lad. But it was also one of the first events they had that women were allowed to play. So, good job, ladies. That one one Englishman was like, we used to play this at Eton. I think croquet is a fun sport and we could do it. 
Sure. If, and it's yeah. and once again, it's not a sport that requires a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So like nations that are poor could play it and it'd be cool. Yeah, if golf is allowed, croquet right. should be allowed. Agreed. Um, our next event is pigeon racing. Nope. <laughs> You're already out on pigeon racing. Nope. <laughs> Pass. Um, it's a demonstration sport, so it was an official sport. However, um, there were seven events on the schedule for pigeon racing. <laughs> I'm just imagining like like a whole gallery of people letting their pigeons loose at once, and then you never see them again. Yep. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, they were open to any French team located more than 80 kilometers from Paris. Okay. Uh, each team was required to release at least 100 pigeons. What? A hundred. That's not racing. That's, Each team. That's, that's too much. That's not racing. That's just like mass confusion. In total, 7,721 oh pigeons were released from 48 teams. Can you imagine the mess? The carnage? Um, and they wanted to let me know in multiple articles, I want you to know this event is completely unrelated to the next event. Oh, the shooting event? Live pigeon shooting. Yeah. <laughs> The only reason you would ever release that many birds is because you're going to shoot all of them afterwards. But it was unrelated. I don't believe them. <laughs> this this is described, or this is an official event in the Olympics. They caught, Live they caught them later. Pigeon shooting. The birds came back and they shot them. They gave medals out for this. Oh, no. For killing animals. I mean, for it, sport. It, it, makes, it makes more sense as a sport. In the official report, the games describe this sport as très aristocratique, which is very that's, aristocratic. That's true. Um, pigeon shooting. There were two competitions. So then one competition, there was 166 entrants, and the other one, there was 54. Okay. Uh, the Olympic com- Committee let loose a flock of pigeons and gave a gold medal to whoever could gun down the most birds. They make it sound like they're letting go a lot of pigeons at once, though. They aren't. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> it says, animal rights activists, as one might expect, were not thrilled. <laughs> really? Like, this isn't chill. <laughs> they, they, were, they weren't super pleased. Um, six pigeons were released 27 meters in front of the competitors who then would try to shoot as many birds as possible before the birds flew away. Okay. So only like a couple, you know, six at a time. Like really, this isn't an event for the people as much as it is for the pigeons. Yes. This is like the Hunger Games for dodge. (laughs) Run. If you can dodge a bullet, you can (laughs) dodge a ball. It is unknown whether any of the pigeon race competitors also entered the live pigeon shoot. Like any of the people racing pigeons, we don't know if they also shot pigeons. Um, When the shooter missed two birds, then he was eliminated from the competition. So you got to be accurate. So don't waste your shots. Uh, The winner, uh, who shot the most birds by the end of competition, won. More than 300 pigeons were killed. Blood and feathers showered over the spectators, it says. <laughs> showered over and everyone. dead and injured birds lay on the ground. Oh, no. You should just kill them. Come on. It was replaced in later Olympics by a clay pigeon shooting. There you go. Which, um, I didn't ever realize why they called them pigeons, so now I know. <laughs> now you know. They used to be real pigeons. They used to be real birds. Yep. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Um, Belgian Leon de Lunden gunned down 21 birds to take the title. Belgians, you have the best name. The Belgians. Leon de Lunden. Anyone around that kind of Netherlands, Dutch area. Yeah. Everything that sounds like Hergie Bergie is great. <laughs> 
Um, at the Paris Games, there was also a shooting competition centered around deer, except those were moving cutouts, not actual animals. Sure. Deer are more expensive. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're hard, hard to, to hard control. They're hard to control and, yeah. and, like, and keep and catch and release. Right. Um, an award of 20,000 francs was given to the winner of the uh, pigeon shooting, but um, the top four finishers agreed to split it. Oh. Which is very sweet. It's very noble. Yeah. Aristocratic. How kind. If you will. Um, mail carriage and delivery van racing. Hmm. <laughs> that reminds me. Oh, no. I'm so sad I forgot his name, but the guy who did so well in the marathon in the yeah, St. Louis. Yeah. Who was a mail carrier. Like. Yeah. <laughs> who did really well in the marathon because they, like, walk so much. Yeah. But these guys are in cars. But they're in cars. Cheaters. Um, carriage riders also race on mail coaches. So that's no. cool. Get them out. It's motorized. 31 entrants were listed. Competitors each drove mail coaches. Uh, so with horses. I keep hearing M-A-L-E. No, no, no. M-A-I-L. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But um, yes. they're driving horses. Mm-hmm. So the it's not cars. Okay. Gotcha. Um, Belgium won with France taking silver and bronze. Belgium won in Paris racing Parisians. Good job. Good job. Um, but they also had petrol and electric motor car races um, for the delivery vans. <laughs> Which is, that's like the ultimate van con. Yes. Van con. delivery van competition. Do we? It's van com. Van com. Do we what? Have we ever talked about van con here? Yeah. No. <laughs> Every time Haley and I see white vans... Especially because we see white vans a lot driving together in, like, the same direction. Right. We just think they're going to a van convention. So they go to VanCon. They go to VanCon. So whenever we see white vans, we just say, VanCon! Going to VanCon. Just randomly. Going to VanCon. But this yeah. is Vam... VanCom. VamCom. Vam... Vampires. Van... VamCom. Yep. Um, oh, but so the, in the competition, they had to drive delivery vans 300 kilometers, which is not far mm. for a race, I don't feel no. like. Not, not for, like, a motorized race. Right. Um, only French drivers entered, so unsurprisingly, three French drivers won. Yeah, gosh, who won? Golly. Uh, 14 vehicles in the race had to compete, complete a course of 30 kilometers round this place twice a day. Why twice a day? I don't know. It's very confusing. <laughs> what? Prizes were awarded in four different categories divided by type of car and propulsion. Okay, so it's just you're just a sport thing, just yeah. a, just a car thing. So we're not going to keep doing that one. No, it's not the best. I don't care how many kilometers you do; it just it doesn't matter. Okay, we're getting down to our last few events: poodles, poodles, cannon shooting. That's fun. It's not a sport, it's but not it's a fun. Sport. <laughs> it's fun. Though. I guess if you have to aim it. Nope. It's like shooting. Uh, I guess we do have shooting events. It's a big gun. Guns. That's true. Rocket launchers. It's harder than guns. It's true. Maybe it should be in the Olympics. Yeah. Cannons. Moving targets. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a ship in the bay, <sighs> totally. several miles out, and you have to hit it with a cannon. Um, the only thing I can tell you about cannon shooting is it consisted of 17 events, all for men. 17 events for cannons? <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of events. Only French competitors participated. That is all the information I have about cannons, besides that it happened. What? <laughs> there should be more information on cannons. Done. Like, what were the 17 events? I feel like we don't have that many events for shooting. No. What were you doing with cannons? We don't know. 
It's lost to time. Also, a lot of these people, we don't know the names of people who won. We know that, like, certain Mm -hmm. countries won, but we don't know who because they didn't write it down. Yeah, they didn't, they literally didn't care. No. This one, Haley, though, Uh this one I'm about to mention to you is my favorite event. Firefighting. Ooh, that's exciting. Firefighting in the Olympics. <laughs> and you know, in order to firefight... Mm, you gotta blow something up first. You gotta have some fire, baby. You see, the I don't know if it's just if you did this intentionally, but the way you're ordering these makes me think that the cannon people were to blame for the fires. <laughs> that was not how I meant to do it. <laughs> I actually was gonna go through and rearrange them into, like, logical order, and then I forgot. So this is just random. Yeah. Instagram. Except for they put these ones at the end because they were the most intense. Uh, so the cannon people got out of control. It turns out the 17th event of cannon shooting is firefighting. Firefighting. The international competition, which France chose not to compete in, mm. included teams of both professional and volunteer firefighters. The teams were required to extinguish a fire and perform a rescue. Um, so there's some instructions. Mm. They're in French. I'm going to try to read them in French, but I also have the, vi- like, Approximate translation into English. I'm sure. Le feu est déclaré au troisième étage d'une maison de habitation à six étages. Le quatrième étage et l'escalier des parties hautes sont impraticables. Des personnes sont à sauver au. I remember the word. Catassium et Soissassium, those are probably wrong, étage opérer le sauvetage et l'extinction. You heard it here first. Which roughly translates to, the fire started on the third floor of a house <laughs> of six floors. The fourth floor and stairs to the upper part are impassable. People are needing saving on the fifth and sixth floors. Okay. Operate, rescue, and extinction. <laughs> and extinction. Because they mean extinguishing the yeah. flames. <laughs> and extinction. But they do say l'extinction. Go into the house, put out the fire, kill everyone inside. So what they're doing is they're setting a six-floor building on fire. <laughs> there are apparently people, I'm assuming not real people. I mean, I don't know if I'd assume. On the... Uh, Fifth and sixth floors that need to be rescued. The third floor is on fire, and the fourth you can't get above. Like, the stairs aren't usable. I don't know if I would assume they weren't real people. Do it. They Save might, them. They might be real people. They could be. It's hard to know. This was an unofficial event. <laughs> this wasn't sanctioned? No. They um, weren't all up on this? However, the Americans report to the 1900 games... Uh, there are report to the games compared by A.G. Spaulding devotes a whole page to the competition, which was won by Kansas City. Nice. So they weren't even competing as countries. They were competing as city fire departments. Wow. And Kansas City won the professional firefighting. Good job. Um, I guess. Yeah. Uh, somebody also said this was an unofficial event and was rarely reported except in the United States, the nation of the gold medal winners, where it was treated like a major event. <laughs> because let me tell you, if we win something, that's a real major important event. You're going to hear about it forever. And honestly, like, I feel like the coolest people from this Olympics won the freaking firefighting event. 
Hello. Like, what the hell? I mean, the it's cool. amazing. That or, like, cannon firing, but no one. Like, you don't know anything about it. That's how non-important it was. No Americans won, so no one remembers. People wrote stuff down about <laughs> firefighting. This is the one I have the most sources for. Um, so Kansas City, Missouri earned the professional gold medal. Can I just say also I hate that? Kansas, Kansas City, City, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, it's really annoying that. that it's named Kansas City and it's not Kansas. Yeah, also hate Kansas is pronounced differently from Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. Yeah. Explain. Stupid. So, Kansas City was um, already kind of firefighting champions of the world, apparently. What? Um, resident firefighting legend George C. Hale patented more than 60 firefighting inventions uh, in, yeah, in the country. So, um, he also what is- was chosen to represent the United States in an international fire exhibition in London in 1893. What up with Kansas City, then? Like, I don't know. Are you setting the fires on purpose? Just so you can put them out real good. That's too many fires. Uh, in front of the Lord Mayor and royalty, Hale led the Kansas City Fire Department to a first place victory in oh, London, good too. Job. So apparently, France isn't the only country having firefighting competitions. Mm-hmm. London did it first. Cool. So blame London. Blame London. Out of the three teams made up of volunteers, London, or I mean, sorry, not London, England, Leighton, uh, Hungary, Budapest, and Portugal, Aporto. The winning team was Portugal, followed by Leiden and then Budapest. Well done. People in Hungary don't put out fires as well. <laughs> they don't put but, out you know, fires. They start the fires. <laughs> they start the fire. Um, they I don't for- think we should bring firefighting back, although I do want to watch a firefighting competition. Maybe they could have something where, like, you have to fill a certain sized bucket or something. Well, and you I have would to... like to see them, like, cl- crawl up the building and, like, right. save people. But it'd be cool if they had, like, dummies that have, like, um, sensors on them so they know when they die. Sure. Like, it's because, like, when it gets too hot or when they inhale too much smoke mm-hmm. by, like, that certain time, they just are like, this one died. Right. And so they can even, like, have them on their, like, shoulder carrying them out and then it goes, like, they're dead. <laughs> it's very Whoops. complicated, though. Maybe too complicated for the Olympics, but a fun idea. Uh, a good American TV show, I think. Yeah. Like a good American TV competition. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of weird stuff. Or J- or Japan. Japan. Japan loves weird stuff. Japan they can do that. Yeah, that'd be great for but Japan. But we like the like physical ones that are scary. That's true. So I think we would more likely. And we're so proud of firefighting in general. Yeah, it's like heroic fear factor, physical, yeah, right. like Ninja Warrior. And then we make them eat roaches. <laughs> yeah, and then they have to <laughs> eat the roaches. With their shirts off. <laughs> Everyone wins. Wink. America, you're the winner. We have one last unofficial event, and that is life-saving. Mm, like, the because the firefighters killed everyone. <laughs> I see there, there, there is a progression. I see it. You this pretended is, there wasn't a progression, not, but there is a progression. Not. <laughs> this hybrid event originated in Australia. And requires skills as a surfer and a lifeguard. Whoa. <laughs> you have to surf out to them and save them. That's real. It's pretty cool. That, that got real. I mean, surfing, I think, has been in the Olympics. So just add life. Just make them save someone, too. Make them do a sick trick and then save a life. Right. Um, then throw in, like, a saltwater crocodile and, like, a blue-ringed octopus and, like, yeah. a man-o'-war. And then all at once, and then you have to save them. Right. Don't die. 
There were uh, rescue competitions, sauvetage terre, which means on land. It means saving on land. And um, in water, sauvetage eux. Eh, eh. Eggs. No, that's if. It's o. O? O. What about eggs? Eggs is if. That's what I, yeah, that's what yeah. I, that's what I said. Water is like o. Yeah. It's like, it's like uh and o oh combined. It's like oh. <laughs> um, uh, your words shouldn't just be sounds. <laughs> All words are just <laughs> stay woke. <laughs> stay woke. Um, the competition included maneuvering with fire pumps. This is the life saving. Um, first aid assistance to civilians and military casualties um, held in the Vicene Velodrome, which is where you ride bikes. Velodrome. Yeah, we have a velodrome um, in Redmond. I, I want to go really bad. They I think do you, races and stuff. You told me about that, and yeah. I didn't. I didn't care except that it was called the Velodrome. <laughs> we need to go. Uh, on Saturdays, they have races. Um, and a rescue competition uh, on water, which was held in the Seine, of course. Ugh. <laughs> that one was real. They actually did have to save people them. Were di- the the <laughs> people <laughs> who had done underwater swimming had to be saved. Yeah. And obstacle swimming. Um, the rescue competition in water was in four sections. Rescue boat, which was flat bottom or keel. River bottom rigs, floating rigs, and rescue by swimming. I wonder why the bottom matters so much. Just, like, the different types of boat, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. Um, however, to finish us off, I do have three unconfirmed events. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if these happened, but maybe. Maybe. Oh, sorry, I only have two. I thought I had no. three. There's only two. Two. Leapfrog. No. <laughs> That's not real. And three-legged races, which I would like to be in the Olympics. Sure. Please. Yeah. Can you imagine the dudes with, like, one beefy leg, and then they've got, like, their skinny leg that they attach to the other guy's skinny leg, yeah. and he's got the opposite beefy leg? You can tell what sport they're in. Yeah. You got yeah, your one, you got your beef it'd leg. Be awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm into it. And once again, doesn't require a lot of money. Let's yeah. do it. And we already have a lot of stuff in track and field that's, like, kind of boring. This will, like, spice up track and field. Could you do a four-legged race? I don't know. Like, with more people? Yeah, like, how many people can you attach? I, I mean, you could. It's going to be way harder. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the track is going to have to be really big for <laughs> four-legged races. What if you attach, like, four people together? It's too many. Is it? Yes. How do you know? I know. <laughs> In my heart, I know. <laughs> In my heart, I know. It's too much. Anyway, I thought it was going to be shorter, but it's the same length. <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> nice. Um, there you go. I wonder why this almost destroyed the Olympics entirely. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds pretty great. <laughs> Except for putting people in the sand, don't do that. And people didn't know they won the Olympics. Like, they didn't know they were involved. Whoops. Bye. I mean, at least in the... The St. Louis one in Missouri, they, um, like, just random people would walk up and be like, I mean, we're here, I guess we'll compete. Sure. But they knew what they were doing. I forgot, I need to tell you about the marathon real quick. <gasps> yes, the marathon. So, um, I don't really have this in my notes, I just remember reading about it. Yeah. So, they didn't, so they, they plotted the course through the city of Paris. Okay. Which is a problem, because it's very dense. Yes. And 
so many people and vehicles. You're going to lose people. Um, they didn't really plot out the course what? in a real intelligent way. And so a lot of people didn't know whether they were on course or not and got lost oh, no. in Paris. Oh, no. People from other countries who aren't from Paris and don't know how to get around Paris. And you never saw them again. One guy came in like fifth. Mm-hmm. And he got really mad because he was like, that's not true. No one ever passed me because oh, he went no. the wrong way. Oh, no. He ended up at the finish line. Oh, poor baby. But he thought he was in first the whole time. Oh, no. He got fifth. Um, and then the French guy who everyone thought was going to win the most, uh, halfway through, it was like 100 degrees. Oh, of course. Because in July. Yeah. Or August. So it's like 100 degrees, and it's, so it's insanely hot, and everyone's dying and being almost hit by cars. And it's the worst. And so uh, this one French guy who everyone thinks is going to win, he's a really good runner, he about halfway through stops into a cafe to get a beer (laughs) and, like, to cool off. Yeah, sure. And then is like, never mind. I feel you, man. I'm not going to keep going. That's a big mood. So he just quit. Big mood. Yeah. I get it. I mean... I wouldn't have even signed up for it in the first place. (laughs) Right. But so, yeah, that was the, the Paris Marathon. So pretty good. The marathons in every country in the early times, not good. They're bad. Because I will remind you, I started researching this because I heard something funny that happened in the London 1908 Olympics. Mm -hmm. So um, after this and after yours too, which I might do sometime. Sure. Um, But this was too pressing to tell you all (laughs) the most ridiculous events I've ever heard. Gotta tell me about. Firefighting. Poodle clipping. Poobles. Poobles. No. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Thanks for joining us. I hope you learned things about the Olympics, and um, I hope you, you know, things are cool. Oh, Haley, I have to show you an event real quick. Hold on. An event? I have to, a demonstrative event in the Olympics I have to show you. Uh, not from Paris, obviously. This is from, like, the 80s. Um, the 1980s? Yes. The 1980s. <laughs> That's a joke. Yes. Because when else would it be? You never know. No, you do. You do. Um, how do I... Hold on. History. I watched it, like, right before because I showed it to Wayne. But I want to get... I'm going to mute it. Um, so you won't hear the music. I'm sorry. But I want to get your reaction... Um, okay. Captured on the podcast. Okay. This event is called Ski Ballet. Hmm. It's beautiful. Ski Ballet. Here you go. <laughs> Here's a man performing. Hold on, I want to make sure we're still recording. Oh, we are. Here's he's... a man recording, or we're, we're watching Ski Ballet. Oh, look at him. He's so majestic. He's beautiful. I'm upset that they didn't <laughs> name it Figure Skiing. It, figure Skiing. Because that's what's happening. Oh, he's so... I, so I'm going to post this on the, our page when this episode goes up, but I highly suggest everyone look up. Look, he did a flip! It's amazing! He's so 80s. He's beautiful. Look his, at his, his hair. Mane his mane floating in the wind. His skirt. Look at him. Oh, my... <laughs> you can only imagine what's happening with the music right now. It's glorious. Oh, my gosh. Look at him. Look at him go. Oh, wow. Look at that. I mean, if this was done nowadays, these tricks would be pretty sick. These would be pretty sick tricks. They'd be insane. People would be doing multiple backflips. Look at him flutter. Look at him go. He's so pretty. I can't even go in a straight line and and skate. I've never been skiing, so I don't know how to do it at all. 
But look at this man. Look at him look dance. Look at him go. He's beautiful. Do another flip. And he's beautiful. Do a backflip. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, do hey, it. Hey, He's going to do a backflip pretty soon. Hold on. Dancey, dancey, dance. Oh, look at him. He's so graceful. He is. I want this to be like a rock ballad <laughs> in the background. I don't think it is. I think it's like a like a classical song. There you go. We, sh- we should have. Hey. The thing about muting it that's great is we can put in some ninja sex party in the background. <laughs> we could. But we won't because we don't want them to sue us. Cool Patrol Dance. <laughs> this guy's doing the Cool Patrol Dance. He's amazing. Look at yeah. him. He's so majestic. Mm, yes. Look at him flop his feet over. It's amazing. Yes. Look at him mm. just twirl. Me. He, he does look like a ballerina. I understand why they said that, but like I do think figure skiing is a better name. Look at him. Whoa. Oh, gosh. And then he just goes right back to skiing. He's magical. So why did they stop doing this? Um, they just did it, I think, once as a demonstrative event. It wasn't actually an event in the Olympics. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. No, he Herman lo- Reitberger. <laughs> he looks like Seinfeld. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a ski ballet. He looks like Seinfeld. So... Uh, in my opinion, demonstration events, definitely worth it. Give me more of them. Yeah. I, I want to watch all the weird sports. I didn't know this was a thing until I did this episode. Mm-hmm. I researched it. I didn't know they did demonstrative sports at all. And now I'm, like, desperate for them to show all have, of them to me. Have they done, like, recent ones? They have to have. I think they do some every year. Like, what have they that been? That was from the 80s. I don't remember any. I don't know. I don't know if they show them on our, like, edited, you know, from NBC huh. version of it. Well, it'll be something to look up for us. But and, and desperately, you, I want to watch and, all of them. And you listeners. Yes. And, look it up. And you. Um, I highly recommend you look up this video um, or, like, get it from our page. I'll post it when I post the episode and watch it while we watch it. Herman Reitberger, Men's Ballet Final, Calgary Olympic Games, 1988. Calgary was off the hook. He's amazing. But anyway, thanks for listening. Our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com. Please email us if you have relatives who have competed in the Olympics or if the Olympics have ever been in your country or if you like history and the Olympics. Have you clipped a poodle? Tell email us, us please. Tell, tell us about it. Um, and if you would be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes uh, and send us an email and let you know, let us know that you did it. Uh, we will let you pick an episode topic and pick the name for it, and it'll be awesome. It'll be great. So do it. Bye. Bye-bye. 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 B